We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another episode of Real Tree Rebels. I'm Chase Parm, and got a great episode for you today. Tom Smith, the owner and president of Wild Rose Mississippi, Wild Rose Kennels here in Oxford, Mississippi. I spent some time with Tom on Thursday morning touring the facility, the beautiful facility, all the uh, the great dogs, their projects, their operation out there at Wild Rose again, just outside of Oxford here. And we uh, we discussed Tom's story, how he got into. Uh, Labradors, how he got into training, into Wild Rose, and then uh, his most prominent, most notable pup to date, Juice Kiffin, how Juice became Ole Miss football coach Lane Kiffin's best friend, what that process has been like. Tom uh, said he's the uh, most popular pants model in a uh, in, in, in a wide uh, a wide path there, Mississippi, maybe the country, because you get tons of pictures of Juice. Tom typically by Juice's side, so uh, great stuff today. Really fun episode about the uh, the unofficial mascot of Ole Miss football and where he came from. Tom, a a gracious host, great man. And I think you'll really enjoy it today. Um, before we get into that, tell you as always, go to Realtree.com. I put up a um, a picture, put up uh, a couple of thoughts on that chili recipe from Realtree.com. Again, tons of game meat recipes, tons of desserts, a lot of stuff there. So try not even just for purchasing your clothing, your hunting gear, your Realtree supplies, but also for uh, some recipes as well. But Realtree, uh, great products, great uh, great patterns on their products there with Realtree and Realtree.com. So again, head to the website, help us out with that. Uh, as you know, all of the Realtree Rebels podcast on MPW Digital, all MPW Digital podcasts presented by Twisted T as well. A little more on that in a little while. But uh, let's go ahead, let's jump into it. Really, Again, really appreciate the, uh, the hospitality yesterday from Wild Rose and Tom Smith. And here is that interview now as I sit down with Tom and talk Juice Kiffin and Wild Rose Kennels. Tom, really appreciate the time today. A beautiful place. Showed me around a little bit. All the uh, dogs and amenities you guys got going. I, I got tons of questions, but I'm going to start here. How many photos over the last two years do you think you're in where you're not at all the main uh, the main person they are trying to take a photo of here around this place these days? Oh, I'm the m- most famous Ole Miss pants model you can find. Uh, with everybody focusing on juice, I'm pretty used to it, though, because our dogs are way prettier than I am. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get into a ton of juice, your property, your involvement in in, in place out here. But kind of take me through that origin story. When did you first hear from Lane, and and how did did you get into being the the person most associated with juice here? So I was just hanging out one time uh, on like a Thursday, and we had had someone back out on a puppy the last minute. They had some family problems come up, and I get a call from Lee Payne, our veterinarian. And he says, hey, I hope you don't mind. I just gave your number to Lane Kiffin. I was like, okay, you know, I appreciate that. He said his his daughter's looking for a puppy. And about two minutes later, Lane called and asked if he could come out and see the puppy and everything. So him and Landry and uh, Sally and I think Presley and Knox were here too. The whole family came out and he said, okay, we're going to go home and talk about it. And about three hours later, he texted me and says, can we come get the puppy in the morning? Typically, not a situation where somebody can just come out in a day and grab a and grab a puppy. No, no. Usually, we're anywhere from six months to a year out on a puppy, depending right. on sex and color. And then, and then I started. We had Landry came out and, and listened to puppy picking like a week or two after she got juice because we did, when we had one going on. And then I started seeing Juice's antics. I texted him. I was like, hey, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on that dog since Wild Rose Juice. <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, oh, you know, let me think about it. About three days later, like 1045 on a Sunday night, I get a text. This dog needs training. And I was there the next morning at 8 o'clock. And that's kind of how it started. So what did you know about that dog or breed or lineage going into that? I mean, what, what, what made that a dog that you thought potentially would be suitable for whatever Lane was doing or not doing at that point? Or what did you know about what he was planning to do with said dog? Well, we knew it was just going to be a pet. Right, yeah. Because um, at the time, he even, he even says he had no plans on Juice being the unofficial mascot. So I knew Danny puppies because I've got Danny. I've got his nephew. I've got Danny's uncle. I've got Danny's had Danny's grandma and or um, uh, Juice's grandma. So I, I kind of knew where everything was going on with that line of dogs. I knew he'd make a really nice pet, personality-wise, temperament, and everything. I, I thought that's the reason I wanted to go with that dog. Danny being Juice's father, correct? Correct. correct. And they've got. I mean, they're. Obviously, living things or dogs. All dogs have different personalities. But how much does that vary between the, the dogs that you guys have as far as, you know, different personality types and whatnot? So, we work a lot on predictability. Um, we know certain breeds, if someone or some, certain breedings, they need to go to hunting families. And certain ones need to be more companion adventure dog. So, we try to place the owner with the right breeding, knowing the personalities, the other puppies. Because once we find a breeding that works... That female will only breed with that male the rest of her time. Oh. Because if it works, we're not going to change it. So it's just finding that sometimes. Sometimes you find it right off the bat, and sometimes it takes a minute, and then you find that perfect breeding, and and you just keep it going. What percentage is family pet adventure companion versus hunting for you guys for the most part? So I'd say we're still in the 70 to 80% hunters. Uh, but they also do they adventure dogs, and hunting season is only three months a year. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the time, they got to be family companions, flying on their jets, riding on their boats, just traveling around with them, going on vacations. So we really try to teach our dogs. We're looking for the on and off switch. When they hit the house, the dog bed, it's off. That's their quiet time. That's their off duty. But when they hit the field and they see that training bag or that shotgun, they know it's game on. 
So take me through the process, not, not necessarily juice, but your, your normal acquisition from, I, I show up at Wild Rose, I call and go, hey, I want a dog for this purpose. What does my process look like until I actually have that dog? So we're going to talk to you about what sex and color you want. Uh, some people don't care. Most people are very specific. They want a yellow male, a black female, a fox red, whatever. And we'll work them through and they'll tell us what they're doing. And we'll look at some upcoming breedings in the roughly area time frame that their number is going to come up because we place dogs in order of deposit. So if I want a black male, my deposit's on Monday, yours is on Tuesday. I'm first pick, your second pick like that. Try to keep everything fair. And then we'll kind of keep you updated through the process where you're at on the list. And then when your number comes up, we'll call. Okay, we've got a litter coming up, Danny Opal. I've got a black female. Your second pick. Are you interested? And, you know, life is messy. Every, everything gets in the way. Everybody's busy these days. So if they say we can't take a puppy right now, you don't lose your spot. Okay. Um, we, we keep it up there because we understand everybody's vacations, weddings, uh, kids being born, everything. Uh, so we try to be keep every. We're very flexible with everybody. And then you come to puppy picking, and it's about a four hour experience. We do a tour, kind of like we did. We do some demos with the dogs, and then we spend about two and a half hours in the classroom. We talk about all the warranty, the feeding, the bathing, the health care, and then I talk early training starts, crate training, place training, early retrieves, leash work. All the little stuff, the eye contact, keep you know threshold training, everything like that, and then they get to pick the puppies because nobody really listens anyway. But if they have a puppy, they're really not going to listen. (laughs) And a lot of that that stuff is owner driven. I mean, you're doing you're making sure you're doing this early part of training, and then it goes from there where things get more specialized. Correct, correct. So everything you put in your puppy between six weeks and six months is there forever. Okay, good or bad. So you got to be careful what habits you create with that puppy. And then you're doing all the early stuff, all the foundational, the sit, the heel, the recall, the place training, the crate training, all that stuff that's going to be there, that foundation for when you start moving forward. And then about seven months old, we hit we hit the serious time. We're, we're Now we're getting into uh, hold conditioning, and then we go into gunfire. We start our pattern drills, and then it goes, once you're through all your pattern drills, they're on their hand signals, uh, lefts, rights, backs, in the land and water. Then we start transitional training, and the transitional training is where you start, you start making it a little tougher. Uh, our process is we never add complexity and distractions at the same time. You, you introduce them separately, and then you merge them. We call it the stimulus package, and that's when you're going to have multiple dogs running, gunfire, live birds, just something they're going to find a field, and you want to make sure all that foundation is solid, solid, solid before you hunt that dog. So during the more specialized training, do they stay here? Like, what, what, what is that? What is that process for the dog, and, yes. when, and how it takes yes. place? Yes, the dog, the dogs do stay here. Okay, um, in, in our in our kennels, and they're signed to a specific trainer. That trainer does all the communication with the owner, coordinates all their visits. We want the owners to come visit. We want them to see, A, see the progress of the dog, and B, train them. Our philosophy is we breed the right genetics, bring out the natural ability of the dog, apply controls, whistle, hand signals, everything, and train the owner. You're going to have a good dog. Now, you can guess which one's the hardest. The owner, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dogs don't talk back. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and th- their routines are much better than the human who... Correct. They're very, life. very schedule-driven, the dogs are. Right. At, at, at 
3 o'clock today, this place would be a barking madhouse because they get fed at 3.30. And you were telling me that you introduced stimulus, uh, you know, within the first week of the dog being born. I mean, they're already getting ingrained with certain things. Correct. Correct. We're, we're went to a biosensory tactile program we call the Super Learner Program. So we were trying to, and with our sound system, with playing car horns, sirens, doorbells, thunder and lightning, bird sounds, all that stuff they're going to find, we're trying to imprint as much as we can before they actually leave their litter mates and go home. Can you start figuring out the ones that are very, are they all very good with smell and, you know, getting those scents? Can you start telling that at young ages? How does that work? We'll usually, uh, you can kind of tell a little difference, but they're all very, very scent driven. Uh, dogs smell in parts per billion. We smell in parts per million. So their okay. nose is that sensitive and they smell in layers. You know, they're going to smell your stinky feet just as much as the onions you're cooking and they smell all those different smells. And, but we are looking for game finders because these dogs are the best conservation tool you have. They're going to get the birds you can't find or you just can't get to if the deep water, whatever. And they're, they're the greatest conservation tool we have. So how long before the, the dog that's the most specialized, that go through the full training, how long of a process is that before they're released or so graduate or whatever that looks like? Our started dog program for a, for a gun dog is about six months. Okay. Um, that's no e-collar, no force fetch. We do everything, repetition, consistency, uh, positive pole conditioning. Um, we want the dogs to want to do it, not do it to avoid force. Uh, so that's kind of our philosophy with that. And when they're about 13 months old, they're done with the program. They come back at seven months and about 13 months, they are trained but not experienced. So usually then the owners take them hunting for the first year, you know, keep track of the little quirks and little problems they have. And then a lot of times they send them back every year for a tune-up before season just to get them back on the peg. You guys have an incredible facility as far as trying to – stimulate it with things they will and they will take on when they get into actual hunting situations how how ready are they in your one i mean how close to being very prepared or are, are they in your opinion they're very prepared okay. they're, they're pretty much ready to hunt because we've had them in a boat we've had mm-hmm. them around multiple dogs we've had they pick cold game usually seen some live game shot over them um, so they're pretty much ready to go but you don't want to overstimulate that first year they should pick up way less than 50% of all the birds that fall. Either you pick them up or another person picks them up. They have to understand that not every bird that falls is theirs. You know, and that's a process that is, that is, you know, you want that quiet, steady dog. That's not interrupting your hunt, whining and carrying on and acting foolish and breaking because that's dangerous to the dog. It's dangerous to the hunters. So we spend a lot of time on steadiness. We really pride ourselves on the steady work, but basically they're in the blind. You don't know they're there. So they're ready to go. I mean, it's fun. And then watching them grow and figure things out in the real world is, is really, really fun to watch with the dog. When it clicks and you see it click in them, you can, you can physically see it a lot of times. What is the difference between the British lab and the American lab and what we would be used to as a, a normal lab that we, 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 you, know, you would have in most homes? So the British labs are a lot smaller. Like a big, big male for us is 70 pounds. We're on the American side. They're going to be 110, 115 pounds. Um, we like to think they're a little more biddable, a little calmer temperament to be around the house and everything. So they're just – sometimes people get confused. There's actually British and English labs. Okay. The British labs are the field bred dogs like you see with us, you know, muscular, uh, 
you know, strong, big chest. And then the English labs are the ones you see at Westminster. They got the really blocky heads, real thick dogs. Um, so, that, so you have that also. So, but that's incredibly confusing. But yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, for the average person, it, it, it goes, exactly. yeah, it yeah. Goes. yeah. So, yeah. Um, we really like the temperament of the British dogs and the size. So easy. Our, our females usually run 41 to 48 pounds. You were telling me a little bit about it. So you have studs on property, dogs on property, and in, 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 in that process, what is the typical amount of each that you're running it from? You know, at one particular time. As, uh, as far as the dogs? stud dog, yeah, community dogs that you have on property. Oh, usually we have about 110 dogs on the property, okay. right, right around there, 100 to 110. So, it's back back up the juice a little bit. We talked about all these different training situations. Lane calls says, "Hey, this dog definitely needs something." What from there? What was what is his training process been? So when I sat down with Lane every morning, I'd sit down with him and give him a lesson out of our book, and we talk about it, and it was really funny. And then I'd I'd go back in the afternoon, and he'd be like, "So I was thinking," and he would completely turn it into how it relates to training football players, and he was using our lessons in his staff meetings, which was pretty neat. Um, so we sat down. We spent a lot of time walking through there. You know, I talked to him. You see on the board over there the four C's of, of canine leadership. And I'd be like, all right, I think you're two of four. Tell me which ones you think you are. And then we'd talk about that. It says, you know, what do we need to do to fix this to, if you if you're have a really good relationship with the dog, for him not to chew up the Magnolia Trophy, um, your shoes, your glasses, <laughs> the playbook. <laughs> Because he's around all day, too. I mean, there's so many stimulus for him that's outside yes. of yeah, what, what's going on. Yes. So he told me, he said, I want him to do the walk champions and be on the sideline for the first quarter. I said, not a problem. Not thinking the dog was only going to be six and a half months old for the first walk champions. And the way Juice handled it, I was, I was amazed. That, that crowd noise didn't bother him at all. People screaming his name, yelling. He's just prancing like he's king of the world. So I was really impressed with that. I knew, I knew we had something. Then um, a lot of that helped that he was so socialized. You know, he went to Juice Fest when he was five months old. He, he being around all the football players and all that. So his socialization was fantastic. Um, Lane and the family did great with that. And then. Um, and so we start. I started working. Started going to practice. Started doing things there. Um, of course, everybody saw when he freaked out over the fireworks. I didn't know we were standing by the fireworks table, or else I'd have been like, no, because he hadn't been through gunfire or anything. Oh, right. So that's when I immediately got on and ordered the uh, earmuffs and moved away. And then by the end of the season, the cannon didn't bother him. It's not bothering him this year. I still, I'm still putting his earmuffs on for the fireworks because it's that sharp crack that can really gun shy a dog because he loves the gun because that means he gets to go get something. Oh, okay. So, and, and we started training from there and he comes out and hangs out with me all day and goes back with Lane in the evenings. So he is gun trained. Oh, he's a hundred percent. He's ready to hunt. He's going to hunt this fall. Oh, is he really? Oh yeah. Okay. Because after season, Lane will be going on vacation. Let's let's, let's go juice. Let's see what you got. You mentioned the four C's, confident, controlled, calm, consistent over here on the board. It does sort of relate to a team, doesn't it? I mean, there are some – There are some. it's interesting to me because 
it's how I've always thought of Lane in general is he's able to take so many day-to-day things and move them into something to do with his coaching and schematics and how he operates and, and those type of management processes. And he's done with this with this too. I mean, that's, that's sort of fascinating to me. Yeah. It, it, a lot of the things we talk about how you deal with dogs relates to leadership and humans in general. You know, dogs don't want to follow an unstable leader. Neither do people. You know, they like routine. So do people. So, and they want a confident leader. So do people. So it's a, it's a, it's a lot of the same, a lot of the leadership principles I learned while I was in the military. They follow right into our book. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made of real brewed tea and packs a flavorable punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team, so whether you're tailgating at the stadium, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How is Lane as a dog owner? You got the job now. I mean, no, look. I mean, you're you're you're, you're entrenched, so it's it's, it's a safe question. <laughs> um, he loves that dog, okay, and that dog loves him. I mean, even on the sidelines, he sees Lane. He's just a hundred percent focused in. So he he absolutely loves that dog. Um, I'm more disciplined with the dog. Uh, he has a little more freedom when he's with Lane or or, or Landry or the kids, uh, but. But he's matured so much in the last year. He's not really destroying things as much as he was. Now he'll still—he's still not afraid of a trash can. He ate a screw. He, he did it. It was actually a finishing nail. Oh, yeah. And luckily, 
the one time he was bad dog that I was appreciated he was a bad dog, he also ate a stuffed animal. And this nail got wrapped up in the stuffing, and that's how he was able to pass it. Was it really? Yeah, he didn't have to get uh, he didn't have to get surgery or anything. So I was freaking out because he calls me that morning. He's like, he's not one to eat, and that juice is a food oriented machine. And he texts me. He says, "All right, he ate a little bit, but I get him out here. I'm not. I said, he's not feeling good. So we took him, and Doc Payne calls me. He says. You're not going to believe this. And he sent me a copy of the x-ray. I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> and Nick has started. It's a lot like a human. Hey, let's start with he's going to be okay. Before yeah. you start giving me that, hey, he has a finishing nail inside him. Let's, yeah. Let's yeah. start with, hey, he's, it's, it's all good. Yeah. It's going to be all right here. Yeah. So he's had to stay at the vet for about a day. And he ate x-ray him about every six hours to make sure it was moving and not caught on anything. And about 24 hours, it was passed. And he was back to normal. Was your blood pressure up a little bit for a day there? Yeah, mine was. Uh, I know uh, Lane's was, Landry's, um, I think um, everybody, Thad, Tom Luke, uh, everybody, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, you know, we can't have anything happen to this dog. You know, he's, he's our guy. How much time do you spend with him on a weekly basis? Uh, so during season, it's a little more because, I mean – Lane works like a machine. You know, he's working 16, 17 hours a day. So he may stay with me a couple times during the week. Uh, he's really busy. and But normally he goes home in the evenings. He'll go back to the office and then go home with Lane. And then, of course, he'll be with me Friday night and Saturday night while the team's gone. Um, so he's with me at least eight hours a day. And, and that's more just simply because of scheduling? Or are you doing things with him? Is it more because of what his – role is i mean what, what what pertains to that amount of time it's both it's both um you know they're so busy in the office and an unsupervised juice can be uh uh somewhat of a terrorist so he comes out here he hangs with me we work he's still going you know he's we're moving past the started level stuff we're getting into seasoned finishing level work running cold blinds extending distances um handling at distance so we're, we're continuing to work so when he hits the field this fall he's going to be he's going to be ready to roll how i mean you, you mentioned that you were very impressed with him but the stimuli over the crowds and i mean when you're in the stadium or the walk of champions like you said you know ignoring everyone calling his name looking around i mean how how common is that level of temperament? I know you obviously don't stimulate 60,000 people around your dog. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say, but most of our dogs are pretty pretty chill about it. Um, but the fact that he was able to do it at that age okay. is what was completely impressive. And, and now what he's doing with 60,000 screaming people in the stadium um, and just stay – he loves to work. He loves to retrieve – when he's working, he doesn't want to be petted. He doesn't want to be talked to. He wants to work. Oh, I mean, so he can't flip the switch. Oh, hundred percent. When it's work time, he is—he doesn't want to be messed with. He's like, "Where's my next retrieve?" Um, what makes them ignore people saying their name? You know, a normal dog. I mean, anybody says they're they're whatever and going to them. What is it about the train that allows them to focus on who they should be listening to, if you will? Well, these dogs are extremely smart. They, a lot of times, they can tell the difference between me blowing this whistle and somebody else blowing a whistle next to me. It's it's kind of creepy sometimes um, because you can have somebody blow the whistle and that dog just keeps going. But I don't know if it's how we all blow it a little different huh. and they get so used to it. And they kind of know when they're on lead, it's work time. 
And but the fact that he can ignore as much as he's been, you know, that 99th percentile kind of thing. Um, because that's just, I mean, everybody's I mean, what's what's that sidewalk four feet wide, mm-hmm. and everybody hanging out trying to give him food. I'm brushing food away from his mouth, um, stuff like that. So, but it's just been he just has that kind of personality. You've got him at practice, you've got the coaches' kids all over him, you've got him walking champions, you've got him everywhere going on. What are you focusing on during those times? I mean, are you just watching him for watching temperament? Him. I mean, it's just constantly yep. staying on him. Yeah, the dogs are always talking to us. They're talking to you with their eyes, their ears, their tail, and their tongue. So if I'm looking there and his ears are kind of pushed back a little bit, his tail is in that neutral area, he's calm as he can be. You know, if I start seeing something, that tail going down, something spooked him, something going on, but he's just, he's just. He thinks he's like. Thinks that he shows off. You can see oh, him get chest out and the whole deal. Hundred percent. With um, you know that spot we did on ESPN where Lane was talking about his ego is like, well, yeah, he's got it. He's he's got it. He knows he's king of the world around here. Yeah, my favorite ones with him is when he, they, you trot him down the elementary school halls or where you got all the kids, and he knows, hey, I am the complete center of attention in this. Yep. With the little people, yeah. as, as you're going through, yeah. you know, it's and they all know him and got the deal and yeah, the whole like yelling and the whole situation. On and, <laughs> did you anticipate this? I mean, at what point did you realize you would be this level of involved with him once you knew the the situation that Lane wanted to have him around? Well, I never thought he'd be anywhere close to this. Sure. I mean, you know, it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, I went home and told my wife after Lane called me, I said, well, there's another phone number I never thought I'd have. You know, I'm talking to the, the head football coach at Ole Miss well, every day. Um, once Juice started getting popular, especially after he started doing the walk, that's when the requests for appearances came. And then it got more and more and more, you know. So I tried to – take him to everything people request because it's just such a good uh it's a good mesh because we've been in this community for forever mike bought wild rose in 99 mike was chief of police at Ole miss kathy was at school education i mean he's in the hall of fame she's in the school of education hall of fame so they they were born and raised in this community so wild rose is enmeshed with the community also and it's just been such a great partnership uh, Lane talked about it at a press conference last year about how he likes our culture and how it meshes with the Ole Miss culture. And and I had a conversation with that. I was like, it was after the night before the Auburn game. And I talked to him the next week. I was like, I'm sitting there going, how? I mean, I'm a University of Kentucky grad. You know, and I'm going to, I was rooted for Ole Miss because I'm part of the community. How did I get to this? And I started thinking about it. I went and told him, I said, you used my own tricks against me. <laughs> I said, now I know it works. So, but it's it's great. Uh, they've been so welcoming. The, the, the football staff has just been incredible uh, with Wild Rose. Lane lets me take a staff member on the Walk of Champions. Just cool stuff like that. And, and, and Megan, his secretary, is just unbelievable. So, getting him to get the tee, did it Mercer, something that he's obviously excelling at at this point, are you trained off something else? Are you trained with the T? How'd that process work? So I'd had juice about a month last year. I said, I said, I need a football tee. I said, I said, how do you feel about him getting the tee? He goes, do whatever you want. 
<laughs> and so I started working with Juice last year. Last by, by last September, he was already starting to work on it. And I just made it a big game. You know, he doesn't care about the tee. He's all about the retrieve. So, and now he's uh, he took to it like a champ. So, it was pretty easy for him to do it. What is the call or what is the instruction to get him to go at that particular time? How does that work? So, I just wait for the play to blow dead. Okay. And I get his attention and I put my arm out. And that he, when he sees that arm go out, he knows there's something out there. And I just say his name, Juice. That's it. Yep. That's all I have to say. He overran it, but then he he come yeah. and he, he 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 figured it out. Dogs overrun yeah. bumpers and birds all the time because they're so pumped up, you know. And now he's focused on it more. Kind of knows where it's at right there in the middle of the field. As he does it, it's just gonna be easier and easier. You guys were all pumped up, but there's a lot of that too. Making sure he understands. Hey, perfect, great job. And is that's a, that's back toward the dog, correct? Oh yes, hundred percent. Let him know. You know you. Your, your timing of your praise and correction has to be spot on. And so when he got back with it, party, right? Let him know this is a, you did, you perfect, you did great. This is what we want. And the dogs read that in you, their body language, your tone, everything. So I want to make sure he knows that's exactly what I'm looking for. You got something next? Is there another thing he can he, 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 he can pull up at some point? Oh, I don't know. I may be working on something. Okay. <laughs> How'd you get into this? I mean, like you said, you were in construction at one point from Kentucky. I mean, where did Wild Rose come from for you? <laughs> so I, I knew when I got out of military in 1997, I got my first lab and I trained it pretty much myself. And if there were a thousand mistakes to be made, I made 4,032. <clears throat> and so when Peaches passed on, I'd seen Mike on DU TV, read some of his articles in DU Magazine. Um, and I called down here and talked to Kathy about getting a puppy. And I came down here for a tour before I picked up the dog. I was out on a motorcycle ride just by myself for about five days. And uh, I was like, pulled through the gate. I'm like, this doesn't really look like a dog kennel. <laughs> and then I met everybody. And then I got the dog and just just fell in love with it. And started talking to Mike in 2009. Uh, they don't have any kids. I'm like, well, what's your succession plan? And then he saw what I did with my dog, how I trained her. And uh, so we started started a plan back in 2009. So it was that long, long range plan of I'm yep. going to. Yep. Yep. So I had my construction company. I sold it in 2012 and then I stayed on for two years, part of the contract. And then I started here full time. Uh, oh, I bought the property, the joint property in 2010. Uh, oh. Yeah. Kathy called me right wow. before 4th of July. She calls me and she says, the property next door is for sale. You need to come down and buy it. So two days later, I'm down here. There's a lot of faith in that, Tom. Like, you know, hey, I'm, there, there's a lot. Hey, in eight years, I'm going to own this place. I'm going to buy some property now. That was a, yeah. you know, that's a move. It just, I just felt right uh, with Mike and Kathy become such great friends. I mean, by the time I moved down here, um, when I was here, if I was here on holidays, I was at their their family functions. I got married in 2019. Mike was my best man. So uh, it just, it was just right. I guess being in the dog business in general, you obviously had trained yours, but what was it just appeal to you to go, hey, this is going to be my life moving forward? I think it's part of the process you use. Okay. Not only that, as a dog trainer, you have to be a trainer. You have to be a showman. You have to be a psychologist, humans and dogs. Um, 
you have to be a salesperson. So you have all these roles to fill and all these dogs being very different, you have to figure out what makes them tick. What makes them tick to do what you want them to do without force? You know, it could be um, Ryan had a dog, Arnie didn't want to pick up anything on land, only in the water. And then one day, he's Arnie's just killing it in the water and Ryan just threw one out behind him, spun him around. Arnie was all fired up getting retrieved. Bam, now he's retrieving everything on land. So it's all these little tricks. you got. You got to figure out what makes the dog tick. It could be some dogs might not like a bumper, but they love a tennis ball. So figuring out all those things, it's really fun with the different personalities of the dog. And, you know, one of our sayings is anybody can train an easy dog. You got to be a trainer to train a hard dog. So it's the, the challenge of it and the appeal of meeting all these great clients we have and traveling all over the country and going to great places, that that doesn't hurt either. Is there something about the lab in general that you like being that the, the specialty that you, that you that you're in? Yes, because I mean everybody loves a lab, sure. And most ninety nine point nine percent of them are sweet, and they just want to be with you. They just want to please you. Mm-hmm. So they're just great dogs to have around. They're, they're so so much fun, and they bring so much joy to people's lives. Um, because we've done some diabetic alert dogs that have literally saved clients' lives. We've got a dog right now that that. Trina bag over that puppy on there. He's a drug dog in Seattle now. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's making huge busts out there. Like one of them was 290,000 fitness pills, five pounds of cocaine, five pounds of heroin, 350,000 in cash, guns. Yeah, he's making these huge busts out there. And the fun part is Kathy's niece's husband is an EMT in Seattle and he's on some of the same oh that's cool same raids as uh, Quinn is on so that's a that's crazy being that far away you guys had mascots for Ducks Unlimited in the past mm-hmm. all these things I think Juice has eclipsed it now Tom I think you probably I, I, have. I, that's what Mike told me he goes this is he goes this is this is awesome this is good for you it's an obvious thing. I mean, you guys have been absolutely a market leader in this for a really long time. But what what has this association done? Well, um, I never thought I'd be on SEC Nation Live sure. holding a microphone. <laughs> That's one. Um, you know, uh, we get we got a shout out in the LA Times that article that just came sure. out about the Lane's time at USC. Um, you know, it's really weird. I always felt when I started here, most of Oxford didn't know who we were. It was like, we bring a lot of people. You, you see where all our dogs are. Sure. You know, we bring, we've got dogs in Thailand, Bolivia, Brazil, Peru, Grand Caymans, Bahamas. Uh, so we bring a lot of people to the community that spend money here. You know, they stay at the Chancellor's or the Oliver, or the Graduate, Marriott Town Place. It's eat on the square, shop on the square. And it just like nobody knew who we were. I could wear this logo. I could be in Detroit and somebody recognizes it. Oxford, they're like, what's that? <laughs> so I guess, you know, can't see the forest for the trees kind of thing. So I think it's really opened people up to what we have here in the community. And just the fun things, the interviews, the, I mean... Last year when we did the SEC Nation Live, we did the thing with Laura Rutledge. We did the thing about Juice and his Twitter. You know, that, those were all being on the sidelines. Pretty good tickets to the game. <laughs> um, so it's just brought a lot of 
a lot of fun stuff, and the, and the staff are all Ole Miss guys and gals, so they love it, and, and it's just been a, a great experience for all of us. I ask this not in a way of, of any kind of like controversial question. I'm just kind of curious. Clearly, coaches are not the most stable people as far as one place for a long period of time. I mean, do you wonder sometimes, hey, juice is a finite in my life? I mean, because of yeah, because yeah. of Lane leaving at some yeah. point? Except I'm just going to tell Lane he can't go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're not leaving. Yeah, who's you're, got dibs on the goal? I mean, yeah, there is exactly. something like. No, juice nor Lane can leave Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're going to chain him up to his office in there. Uh, but yeah, I thought about that, especially last fall. Right. That's what I was. <laughs> I, I was like, how far is Auburn from here? Because. I'm gonna have to see that. Well, if Landry's here four years, it's her dog, so if she can. You got at least four more, and then you, exactly, exactly, and then, and then you start pulling through. But I just thought that I went getting really close with a coach's dog is a bit of a yeah, because I mean I'm with the dog every day. He's he's you know uh, Lane says I'm, I'm Uncle Tom and Aunt Tina, you know, or he's dad. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's something to really think about. I don't like to think about it because mm-hmm. it's it's so much fun and the dog is so awesome to have around. Uh, but, but yeah, it was a uh, it was it was a uh, kind of nerve wracking there for a little while because uh, had him going so good and everything's going great. Uh, but it's uh, Mike Leach almost got a dog from us. They yeah, really, yeah, yeah. He came up and visited. Um, it took me two days for my stomach to stop hurting after he sat on the back porch and told stories for about three hours. We were laughing so hard. Uh, but in the long run, I was too deep. I couldn't one weekend wear Ole Miss and next oh. week state. You know, I'm I'm here. This was priority. So, but, uh, but he ended up getting a dog from somebody down there close there who are big uh, state supporters and stuff. So that worked out. And then, of course – it was. It was. I'm so glad I got to meet him before sure. he passed. That because we were we were dying of his mm. stories on his back porch. That's his best setting. Was that informal? Just get the drink and and, and hang out a little bit. Yeah, hundred percent. And do that. How many dogs? <clears throat> sorry. How many dogs go through from a sale over the course of a year? I mean, what do you guys produce? It just depends. It, it really just depends. Basically, not enough because we have a pretty long waiting list. But, you know, we do skip cycles. The dogs don't get bred every time. We, we got a, a, a skip breeding program designed by the Mississippi State Veterinary College. So we, we take it pretty serious and, and all the genetic testing and everything like that. It's a it, It's been very eye-opening, like we talked earlier about just the genetics. It just, wow, where'd that come from? Are you constantly having to learn about that type of thing? I mean, is that an ongoing process from uh, the science of it and ways that things happen and in ways that the breeding occurs and those type of things? Yes, especially they keep coming out with new genetic tests. So the more tests you do, the less likely you're going to have some kind of recessive thing pop up. Because a dog can be a carrier, but not affected. As long as you don't breed them with another carrier or an affected they're genetically clear so they can't they can't produce that recessive gene so it's it's always like you know 10 years ago they didn't really have the pra test 10 or 15 years ago that's for a cataract progressive retinal atrophy and so now they test for like eight or nine different ones we got exercise induced collapse sd2 you know it's so we're always anytime i find something new they have a new test we add it to our program 
Yeah, photo shoot with Juice this morning. He's, he's I guess his his press schedule stays a little occupied, so you have to make sure you're available for his schedule. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Megan texted me to say, "Hey, can can Juice do a photo shoot this morning?" I was like, "Sure." Um, it, it's not too bad during the summer and spring, but mm-hmm. fall hits. It's it's wide open because uh, I've got. Um, I'm already scheduled for the Thursday before LSU, the Friday before LSU, uh, October 10th, October 26th, already on schedule for having juice places. Saturday, Alabama and Ole Miss, where will juice be at 2.30? Where is, is he hanging out with you? Yep. We'll be in front of the TV okay. cheering on the Rebs, 100%. I think we're going to I think we're gonna go into Tuscaloosa and, and, and show them who we are these days. Hey, great story, great place. Really appreciate everything. Let's, uh, let's talk again as you get him hunting and get him going. Absolutely. Sounds great, Chase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.